Welcome to Life Beat, Right to Life of Michigan's bi-weekly podcast going in-depth on pro-life news and issues. I'm your host, Chris Gast, RLM's Director of Communication and Education. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Today we have a special feature. Our intern, Chanel Newton, is going to be guest hosting the podcast. She's been with us since August, and she has learned a lot about pro-life issues in her time here. And now here's an opportunity for her to share some of what she's learned. Thank you so much, Chris. Hi, everyone. My name is Chanel Newton. I am a second-year Grand Valley State University MPH, or Master's in Public Health student that's studying health administration. Um, I am working as an intern here as the communication slash education um, department intern for Right to Life of Grand Rapids. And I've been working here since August of this year, and I've learned so much during the duration of my time here. Um, the reason why I wanted to uh, be an intern at Right to Life is because I've always had an interest in tackling pro-life issues. I've never understood why in the pro-choice community they always argue that the women's rights to uh, the what happens to her baby uh, is what's important as opposed to the baby that she's actually carrying in her body. And so with this, um, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to be an intern here at Right to Life of Michigan. Um, I've done so many things uh, since I've been here since August. I've proofread slash wrote um, articles for Right to Life e-newsletters. I've posted pro-life news stories on social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook. I've uh, shadowed for one day at a pregnancy resource center downtown in Grand Rapids here. I've gone to Pregnancy Resource Center conference luncheons, and I was also able to shadow underneath the legislative director in Lansing, and it was wonderful just to see how this topic of concern is uh, impacting our lives and also uh, the state of Michigan. And so for this podcast today, I'd like to discuss two important topics of interest that I've learned since I've been here that have really piqued my interest and I believe are uh, issues that need to definitely uh, be uh, scoped more on. And so my first topic deals with African Americans and the high abortion rate in Michigan and also the nation. Um Previously, I'd never heard of uh, the deep scope of the problem prior to um, proofreading my very first article here at Right to Life about how the Right to Life of Michigan visited three pregnancy centers located in Detroit to award them a total of $8,970 in grants. I always believed that African Americans, they knew of abortion, but they just, it was something that was never talked about. It was kind of shunned or swept under the rug, um, so to speak. And so with this article, uh, I'd like to read a few of the sad statistics um, that were brought up in it. Um, One of the statistics was that Detroit accounts for 24% of the state's abortions. And that is my hometown. Um, I was born here in Grand Rapids, technically, but I've been living in Detroit for the majority of my life and I never knew that the place that I lived in uh, was accounting for that many uh, tragic instances um, as this and uh, Michigan has a 14% African American um, population 
And so basically with that, uh, these stats are basically saying that African-American women, they have 50.5% of the reported abortions in Michigan. Um, and that's just based off of last year, 2016. So we have yet to see how high or hopefully how low the stat will go. And I'm praying that it gets lower. But it's just a sad um, reality for us, um, especially me as an African-American woman. I've uh, never understood why as uh, my culture... Uh, stands how we're so keen on our culture being grounded in family traditions and just based off of our ancestors and what they went through um, in the slave times and so as to why uh, they want to sweep issues like this uh, about the protection of innocent humans uh, lives it's just a bit uh, perplexing for me. And so uh, I also liked a few of President Barb Listing's viewpoints on the matter. Um, I definitely agree with her when she says that the problem is on many complex levels. Um, you have to consider the socioeconomic statuses of these African-American women. Um, a lot of them uh, don't have a lot of money or finances to go on when they find out that they're pregnant unexpectedly. Um, they don't have the greatest in support systems. Uh, either they grew up in a one-parent home or a no-parent home at all and were just raised by a grandmother or a other relative in their family. So they don't really have that sense of love um, in life, especially for when they're facing hard choices as to what to do when they find out that they're unexpectedly pregnant. And also a lot of the places where these African-American women live, um, there's a lot of poor health access. Unfortunately, um, either there's poor transportation or either they don't know if anyone who has a car that could take them to a health uh, pregnancy resource center for them to get um, resource or um, to get counseling uh, as to what to do in their situations. So I also believe that our society as well plays a part in that it fails to acknowledge that this problem exists as well. Um, if we if you hear about abortion, it's never uh, talking about the minority sector of it. It's always about um just abortion in general and also just like the pro-choice uh, viewpoint of it as to why the women's right is so important and why uh, the pro-lifers are harping on that and are not really uh, making the women's uh, choice uh, a big deal. And so uh, my analysis and conclusion for this is just for my community and also uh, pro-lifers as well um, to also get out in the community and try to address this problem and educate um, the African-American women and African-American community as a whole. And I know that Right to Life is doing a great job in doing that. And by posting this article, um, it was a very brave uh, decision for them to make because it is a... Uh, stigma also I guess that you could say in our community in the African-American community so it's just um, a blessing to be able to go out to these communities and to uh, help these pregnancy resource centers uh, get information about these statistics so that they can find ways to reach out to these African-American women as well too and uh, perhaps even these church uh, 
communities as well so that the pastors there can help address it to their congregations and educate their congregations about this issue and finding ways to help these single women or these women who are going through this uh, dilemma know that they're not alone and that they do have resources in their lives that can help them get through this situation and that it's not a death sentence or it's not like the end of the world if they find out that they're unexpectedly pregnant. And as for my second topic of interest that I've learned about and that's affected me or uh, interests me since I've been here as an intern at Right to Life um, deals with doctor prescribed suicide or euthanasia. And um, this topic um, in particular has always grappled with me because I guess previously before I even came here as an intern, I've always believed that no one should be forced to live um, if they don't want to. Um, I kind of taken the same uh, stance as well with the death penalty and they're kind of similar as to how uh, we're determining the end of a life of a particular person based off of their situation or what they've done um, criminally in their life and based off of being here I've all I've learned now that we cannot see um, things in that light um, it's a dangerous way to think because I mean what gives us to the right to believe that we are um, in charge of uh, what happens uh, to a human's life based off of what they've done or what has happened to them I believe that choice should be given to the person who was going through the situation in, in regards to a person who finds out that they've been diagnosed with a termini, terminally ill uh, uh, situation or either um, someone who has uh, committed a crime. I believe that that person, everyone, has a right to life and they have a right to p- learning about uh, ways that they can improve or uh, just learning about their thoughts and wanting to improve and be given that second chance. And so with this, um, I've taken from a lot of the pro-life articles that I've read from the National Right to Life um, organization website and then also other pro-choice websites as well and their articles. Um, I've always liked the quote that I've read in a lot of the articles that mentions how the fear of being a burden is one of the top reasons given for ailing patients choosing doctor-prescribed suicide. And a lot of the reasoning for that is because of our Western family culture. We are based off of the tradition that once someone falls ill in our family that we shouldn't uh, feel like they... Uh, have to lift a finger at all or anything that we um, that their relatives need to take care of them and that uh, and in in this sense uh, the person who is ailing or who is in the hospital believes that they're being a burden in the sense that they believe that their family members are obligated to take care of them or to see them every single day where they're at in the hospital or either take care of legal um, things or their bills. While they believe personally, the ailing patient believes that their family members should be off in their lives, doing their own things, taking care of their own families, and they have prior commitments or other things that are more important than they are, which I believe is wrong. Um, I believe that is it is important um, to have that family-based care and that 
it is our obligations to take care of others. It's kind of like the golden rule and how um, we treat others, how we want to be treated. I believe we also as well should be serving others as in the way that we'd like to be served as well. And that includes not just family members, but also people in our communities as well. And I believe we all have an obligation to doing that, whether in our jobs or either um, in philanthropic work or either being a volunteer at an organization um, of our choosing. Another pro-life article that I read upon dealt with the many new legislative initiatives that are being pushed in many European countries that deal with ailing patients or patients who are suffering from many disabilities, and it's basically just pushing for them to... uh, in a sense, not have any liberties to a right to life at all, but to uh, have all of their liberties be taken away from them. And I believe that that is sad, and it's also a scary uh, sudden shift um, in our culture that might even start to affect the United States and our legislative initiatives as well, with many of the pro doctor prescribed suicide um, initiatives that are being pushed um, as to right now with many of the different organizations that are pushing for um, either it to be the doctor's choice um, in the matter or either uh, any person who's outside of the person who's actually going through the ordeal. And also, I believe the glamorization of suicide in the media and also in particular our youth culture um, needs to stop as well in pushing this narrative. Um, I remember reading in one of the articles that there are such things as suicide parties, which is just ridiculous to me. Um, I don't understand why we we would want to glorify death or anything that would bring it upon us or our family members. Um, Everyone has a right to life and to be able to to live their life regardless of any um, element or circumstance that they've gone through. And so my analysis and conclusion with this topic is that the healthcare practitioners, whether it be the doctors, the nurses, whoever is um, involved in the health of the ailing patient or the person who was diagnosed with their disability and also their family members as well, um, that they need to be educated um, to that this uh, should not give them the right to choose for the patient as to uh, when their death should be uh, done or given to them. Um, Ultimately, that should be God's decision and also the patient's decision because it is their life. But mostly we should be, instead of Uh, concluding their lives with death or their options to death, that it should be a um, push for their life and for um, a chance for them to push on and to strive uh, to survive and to uh, face this ailments or either this disease or disability that they're going through. And there's just been many of stories in our news or that we know of personally from people in our lives uh, that they were able to overcome their ailments or their disabilities and be able to work in the working world. So in conclusion, I would just like to give a Big thank you to Right to Life of Grand Rapids and Right to Life in general, the whole organization, just for considering me and hiring me on as an intern here. Um, I've learned from so much and so many different people here about the topic and have so many different resources to um, harpen upon if I ever have any questions or if I'm talking to anyone about this uh, or these issues that are of concern. Um, 
that I can always use Right to Life as a great example or, or as a great source um, of information in the community. And so I'm just very grateful for this opportunity. I am grateful for the people that I've met here. There are so many people who were warm and welcoming um, to me and sharing their personal stories as well of how they came to be pro-choice. And um, it's just a blessing to be able to Oh, whoops. Did I say pro-choice? I apologize. I definitely meant for pro-life to get out of my mouth there. And so uh, it's just a blessing to be able to know that there are others in the world who care about the right to life of human dignity of life and not uh, more on the choice and as to who chooses life and that importance of it all. And so Um, In conclusion, I would just like to thank everyone again, and I hope to be able to still be a part or involved in Right to Life as well as um, in being a future volunteer for the organization or just being an advocate um, in the community and where I live and wherever God leads me. Thanks, Chanel. Uh, We've all been there searching for the right word, and the right word didn't come, um, or the wrong word. Uh, luckily we caught it in a podcast, uh, you know, and you're not doing it in a live speech and confusing anybody, but I don't think anyone's confused. Um, just one brief story I wanted to mention before we close out. Uh, we did get the updated report from the CDC on abortion numbers. Uh, they lag a few years behind. It was the 2014 abortion numbers and abortions continue to decrease in America. The decreases are matching the decreases in the Guttmacher report, which is another national abortion report we rely on. Abortions declined by 10,000 in 2014, so that is wonderful news. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again in two weeks for our final podcast of 2017. Our feature will be an in-depth examination of those CDC abortion numbers and any changes that we saw from the previous year. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful weekend.